This is our fifth session on Colossians 1, 9-12, and our focus will be on the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. On account of this, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you Colossians or you listeners and watchers of Look at the Book and you John Piper, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Father, as we try to understand how will and knowledge and wisdom and understanding and spiritual all relate to each other and to our lives, I ask for them. I ask for spiritual wisdom and understanding and a fullness of the knowledge of your will so that we may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, so that we may be pleasing to him, so that we may bear fruit in every good work. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's pretty obvious then from what we've seen that will here is not God's sovereign will by which everything comes to pass. Ephesians 1.11, he works all things according to his will. Rather, will here means his moral will, his will of command, that is, what he calls us to do in every situation so that we are walking a certain way. Worthy, pleasing, good deeds. So this is very practical. What does God will from you, call from you, command from you in every life situation? And what the prayer is, is that we might have a knowledge of that. So I pause here and say, a knowledge of that. Is that like a knowledge of a list? Like there's a list here. It's a thousand long. And you need to have that list in your back pocket and you pull it out every five minutes, check it. And if, you, if you've got the right list, if you know what should be on the list, then you can do what you ought to do. And, and we all know that's ridiculous. Life is infinitely too complex for that. Life flows too fast for that. Life meets us moment by moment. There's no time to consult with a list for most of the decisions we have to make, most of the things that we do spontaneously. So what would knowledge then mean if it's not knowledge of a list of commands or a list of advice? So let's look and see what knowledge might mean as it relates to the will of God. Let's just take a few examples from Colossians. Here's Colossians 2. 3. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So this implies then that being united to Christ and looking into Christ and living in Christ and drawing upon Christ and having a relationship with Christ and being conformed to Christ is going to be a means to this knowledge. This knowledge is not a simple list keeping. This knowledge is a deep grasp of Christ and what it means to belong to Christ. Here's another text that points 
to the kind of knowledge that leads to doing the will of God moment by moment. Put on the new self. So you've become a new person. Now put it on. You've been born again. Now live in your newness. This new person is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So the knowledge that we need to do the will of God is a knowledge that is being built into our lives by our being renewed, putting on the new self, becoming more like our Creator, being conformed to His image. Colossians 2.23 Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance. So here, a knowledge of our future. You will receive an inheritance from the Lord, knowing that, work heartily. Knowing that, work as for the Lord, not men. In other words, knowing something affects the the way you live, affects how you work. That means knowing something is equipping you to do the will of God. This is the will of God, to work heartily. This is the will of God, work as to the Lord. This is the will of God. Don't work for men. And it all flows from this knowing. 4.1. Masters, treat your bondservants justly, fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So, knowing something theologically about our Lord and about our future judgment creates obedience. Treat them a certain way. One more. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Well, just think of it. There are no adequate lists of biblical commands for the hundreds of contacts we have every week with people where we can respond spontaneously with our mouths, with our faces, with our arms, with our tones of voice. There are just hundreds of ways that we either treat people well or badly, and he's saying, know how you ought to speak. Well, that's not a list. That is a deep communion with Christ and knowing so much about Christ, being so in tune with Christ, in whom is hidden all this knowledge that we discern in the moment how we ought to treat people. So when I come back here and I look at this word knowledge here, I want to get out of my mind any simplistic notion that, oh, There's a moral will of God for every situation. I have a list. Here's what I do in this situation. Here's what I do in that. No, life doesn't work that way. We we are filled with a knowledge of the treasury in Christ. We're filled with the knowledge of being a new creation. We're filled with the knowledge of our future in Christ. We're filled with the knowledge of the Lordship and the judgment of Christ. We're filled with the knowledge of relationships in every given moment. This is a kind of knowledge that is deeper than, bigger than lists. And we get it in in wisdom 
an understanding that is spiritual. Let's just take a thought of each one of these three words here, because that's how this knowledge comes about. I think in here is a, a means by which this knowledge becomes full. It's by means of wisdom and understanding. So let's take understanding first. What, what does that mean? What does that word mean? Wisdom and insight could be translated or understanding. So here's Paul's use of that word. This is the same word right here in Greek, Ephesians 3. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. So that is not the same as wisdom. This is understanding of how uh, reality is. Here's the mystery of Christ. If I have insight into it, I understand the mystery of Christ. I grasp the mystery of Christ. So this understanding here that is spiritual is a understanding. Spiritual means going beyond what is merely human. And the work of the Spirit is added to the human, and we are able to understand things which, without the Holy Spirit, left to our carnal, which is the opposite of spiritual understanding, we wouldn't grasp. So understanding is uh, insight into some reality. Now, what about wisdom? Here's Colossians 2.23. These rules that he had just referred to have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion, asceticism, severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. In other words, they don't work. Wisdom is applying insight or applying understanding in a situation in a way that works. It, it accomplishes the purposes that you design for it, and he's saying these rules don't work. They have an appearance of wisdom, because that's what wisdom is supposed to do. It, it turns insight into practicality of what actually achieves your purposes and your goals. Wisdom is practical application of insight and, and uh, understanding. And here these rules, he's saying, don't have that wisdom. They're just fake wisdom. They're an appearance of wisdom. Here's another text that's relevant. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders making the best use of the time. So wisdom is the, the taking of all the knowledge, all the understanding that we've gained from life and from Scripture and from the Holy Spirit and from our relationship with Christ, who's the treasure of them all, taking all of that and discerning how to make the best use of every moment with outsiders. That's practical wisdom. What needs to be said in this moment? What needs to be done in this moment to make the best use of my time with the out outsiders? So maybe one more thing on spiritual here. So we, we need a knowledge that is far deeper than a knowledge of lists in order to discern the moral call on our lives for every situation so that we're walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to Him, bearing fruit. And this comes by growing in wisdom and growing in understanding 
and those are spiritual in the sense that they go beyond the merely human. But I don't want you to make the mistake, and I'll stop with this, of thinking that because they are spiritual, you just wait for them to happen. You don't do anything with Scripture. You don't do anything with the world you see around you. So here's Paul clarifying that point in 2 Timothy 2.7. Think over what I say. That's your work with your brain. Think over what I say. I'm the inspired apostle. I give you insight and wisdom written in sentences and clauses and paragraphs, and you are to read them and think about them. Not because the Holy Spirit's not involved, but because the Lord will give you insight in everything. So it's not either or. It's not since the Lord will give it, I will just wait for it and pray, and I won't do any thinking or study at all. And it's not the other way around. Since Paul says, think over, I'll just be a thinker and I won't be prayerful for the help of the Lord. I won't be humbly dependent on the Lord. No, no, no. It's both. The Bible continually calls us, use the mental resources that you have and depend upon the Lord to give what you need. Without that understanding of spiritual, we won't be filled with this knowledge so that we can do this will.